Let's face it, for many of us, life is going way too fast. If we look back at this past year, winter spring was full of cleaning, summer was a blur, and once fall hit, our schedules got way out of control. Yet with the start of a new year, we have a chance to hit the refresh button. A redo of sort. An opportunity to be intentional with what matters most. This new year, we can refresh our lives into something that we always want, but seldom take the time to make it happen. It's time to refresh and reprioritize our lives around what matters most. Less time worrying and more time praying. Less screen time and more people time. Less time saying no to our kids and more time playing with them. Less time being fearful and more time being faithful. Less time spent on ourselves and more time building into others. Less time running ragged and more time getting some rest. Less time wishing things would change and more time changing ourselves. Less time wasted on stuff that won't last and more time spent with God. What needs to change in your life this new year? Are you ready to hit refresh? We just got so much going on. There's family in town, and, and Andrew's actually leading worship this morning at his church in Fort Worth. You've heard me talk about that. So Lenore and a lot of our friends are all over there, so we celebrate them. We celebrate Andrew and Abby getting married, and it's going to be a great, great union, and I, I can't wait for Tuesday. It'll be so amazing when Tuesday comes that we can just like let everything calm down and, and press the reset button, press the refresh button, but it's so great. But I feel like we haven't stopped at the end of last year going into this year. It's just been go, 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 go. And maybe you're like me. You find yourself just always just not stopping. And um, so for that, I have to have a little bit of levity. And so I ran across a joke, and I've told it to a couple of people. And they're like, you're not going to tell that in church, are you? Oh, yes, I am. So it's, it's only meant to be funny. That's all it's meant to be. But this old blind cowboy stumbled in by mistake to an all-girl biker bar. He's sitting there having a beverage for a little bit, and then he, he turns and he says to them, of course, he can't see who he's talking to. He says, hey, you want to hear a blonde joke? And the girl sitting right next to him says, well, let me just tell you, first of all, I will give you the benefit of the doubt since you are obviously a blind man. I want to kind of give you a leg up on that. The, the, the bartender is a blonde girl, and she's holding a baseball bat. The bouncer is also a blonde girl, and I'm a six-foot-tall, 175-pound blonde woman with a black belt in karate, and the, the woman sitting next to me is blonde and a professional weightlifter, and the lady to your right is blonde, and she's a professional wrestler. So do you want to rethink that, that you want to tell this joke? The old cowboy just muttered to himself for a little bit, and he says, well, no, not if I'm going to have to explain it five times. So that cracked me up so bad. I, I was laughing pretty hard with that. So I have to start off with a little bit of levity as we start off the new year. And I need the joke just to kind of, you know, let all things even out a little bit. So don't take it too seriously. But um, it, it made me laugh. So anyway... So today is day one of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I hope you've all been thinking about what it is that you're going to 
do to participate. And Michael kind of went through the run through of all of that. And we haven't even been able to have staff meeting in like three weeks. So there's a whole lot of stuff we haven't nailed down. But for right now, for this week, and possibly the entire 21 days, let me just tell you what we're going to do by default. And when we had our own building, we were able to have everyone come from six to seven. And it was just a great, wonderful time. Uh, Of course, we live streamed it. So everyone that isn't able to join us could join us that way. But then um, before that, when we were still meeting in the school, we couldn't do it because we only had the school rented for that one, you know, couple hours on Sunday. And then when we were meeting in our living room, it was really difficult. Now that we're in this transition period between the building lease running out and where we're going to our next place, and we're in our living room, we're so happy. Welcome home, by the way. Um, I just can't crack myself up too much this morning. Um, We're trying to figure out how we're going to make all this and how it's all going to look in every step of the way. So for this week, I'm going to ask you to join us by joining Church of the Highlands on 21 Days of Prayer. We're, of course, following their model, and they are live streaming their services. In fact, many churches around the world are not doing anything but just joining in with them. So that's what makes the most sense this week with all the craziness I've got going on with Andrew getting married and and everything else. I'm not going to drop the ball, but this seems to be the best way, and then we will have staff meeting this week and decide if that's what we're going to do for the other two weeks or if we're going to switch it up. I'm certainly happy for us to stream live from here, and I'm sure we will do that many times, if not the entire time after this week. But for this week, if you'll just tune in to churchofthehighlands.com, and you'll see live right up there, and it's from 6 in the morning to 7 in the morning, and they've also got the replays that you can watch after the fact with that. Michael also mentioned the one-year Bible, that it's on our app, that you can go and read that, and in the new year, I mean, you should be reading the Bible. We should all be reading the Bible all the time, or, you know, just reading that little bit, and it's broken down, so it's really easy just to read the Old Testament reading, the New Testament reading, a psalm and a proverb, every day. And if, if you said, man, I've, I haven't even started. Today's day six. Oh my gosh, I'm behind. I got to catch up. Don't, don't worry about any of that. Just pick up with today. And that's the great thing about the one-year Bible. Of course, the, the big thing that we're all about too is the first 15. What do you spend the first 15 minutes of your day? You know, we suggest you do five minutes of, of reading the Bible with the one-year Bible and then five minutes of worship. Just put one worship song on and then spend five minutes just praying and talking and communing to God. And that's what we suggest you do. And, and this is a great time as we saw the video for resetting and bringing everything back and, and refreshing and, and all of this. This is a great thing for us to just realign where we're looking. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Second Kings chapter 5. And we're going to read a great story. And as I was preparing my message and and trying to, I had part of it ready for several weeks now and just looking for the the other component to the whole thing. God just downloaded it after a conversation this week about this story. Starting with verse one, the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army. So this is like his top general, if you will, because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, He suffered from leprosy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we can be so full and mighty in some areas, but then there's something else, and maybe it's not seen. Leprosy at that time was seen because your body had, you know, tremendous things. And even though he had this great mind and was able to lead the armies into battle, into victory, he still had this thing that he suffered with. 
And I believe that there's so many of us that we can be so strong on so many fronts and we can be doing so well in all these things, but then there's still this thing over here. Maybe it's something from your yesterday. Maybe it's something for something someone did to you. Or, and, and, and the stories, I can't even tell, the, tell them. I can't share them for confidence sakes of, of the things I hear of how people have been to different people. And it just breaks my heart. But you can't be defined forever off of those things that people have done to you. You can be mighty like Naaman in all these areas still be suffering with something. He had a little Hebrew girl that was a servant, actually a slave, but she had a great heart. And she wasn't bogged down that she's a slave and like, I'm doing only the minimum. But she had a heart of love, a heart like God. And so she made known to Naaman that there is a, a prophet in Israel that can talk to God and you can have healing from this. And we don't really even know how she knew this. We don't know what prompted her to think, if you'll just go to the prophet in Israel, then you're going to find healing. But she did this. And so we pick up in verse 9. He went through all the steps diplomatically, and he goes, verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and walked to, waited at the door of Elisha. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. In the story, I kind of skipped over it for the interest of time. And we've talked about this story a couple of times. So if you want to hear more in depth about it, you can catch one of the other previous messages that I dug deep into this. But he made reference to going through all the diplomatic channels and talked to the king, and the king is wringing his hands. Oh, my gosh, I can't heal anybody. And sent message to Elisha who says, send him down to me. God's got this. Elisha was ready for him. But Elisha, even knowing this great man of stature was coming, didn't prepare himself and go running out there and, and try and like prop himself up. And, and, and many times, like if we know somebody really important is coming by, we'll, we'll make sure maybe we'll go buy a new suit or a new pair of pants or a new shirt or, or something. We got all this stuff because we try and impress him. And here Elisha didn't even go out to meet him. He sent his servant out with this simple message. Go and wash seven times. And it, and it really made Naaman angry. Verse 11, it says, Naaman became angry and stalked away. Now look at that. He came all this way. He brought this whole entourage. He went through all the diplomatic channels, and he got there. And, and there, there's probably more going on inside Naaman than what we see. But at the word of the simple thing, he became angry and he stalked away. I thought, this is Naaman, he certainly would come out to meet me. And his pride and his ego is all taken. He's propping himself up and say, I'm such a great man of stature. I would have thought he would have at least come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord. And that would be what healed me. See, in Naaman's mind, he had the solution. But it wasn't the solution that God had. It wasn't the solution that the man of God gave him. And so oftentimes for me, and I, I want to suggest for you, God's answer isn't exactly what we think it will be. 
And sometimes it's really, really simple. And we think, no, what I really want is for this man of God to come out and lay his hand on me. And he's got to talk to me and he's got to have the right amount of oil. And I need a really greasy spot on my forehead or I need him to do. And you have this big image in your mind of how God's going to do it. He continues on. Aren't the rivers in Damascus where he's from? Again, his pride is just overflowing here. The, the name of the two rivers I'm not going to try to pronounce. Better than any rivers in Israel. It shows that, that rivalry of like, hey, it's better where I'm from. I'm over here. And it's just like disgusting over here. Aren't our rivers better than the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them? So if it's just a simple matter of getting wet and taking a bath, then I'll just go back home and God can heal me there. Continues on. So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said this, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult or extravagant or just radical, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash. But isn't that like us? If you tell us something really difficult, it's like, okay, you know, we're going to have to be on the ninja warrior and we got to do this whole thing and jump on these things and not fall in the water and grab a hold of this thing and just do this whole thing. And the the crazy one that I see with the bar and they have just the, what is that called? I don't know, something ladder. And, and you just pop it up and I'd fall on the first one. Of course, I would never make it to the first round of any of that stuff. But if you had all the stuff that that was what you had to do, if it's something crazy and very, very difficult, wouldn't we be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. But then that's our works that's doing it. Naaman humbled himself in verse 14. He went down to the Jordan River and he dipped seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as a young child. and He was healed. But I want us to see that he followed the instructions that the man of God gave him. The instructions of what the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. Now, he's so angry and so, you know, just flustered by this whole thing. I can just see him down there. Okay, here we go. One time, two times. Nah, this isn't even working. Nothing's happening. But you follow through even when it's the simple steps of what the direction of the man of God was. But see, we're all looking for that silver bullet, that one just saying that it's just, bam, that's got it all done. I don't have to worry about anything. Or, or we're looking for this grandiose thing of what we think it should do. We're looking for the microwave solution. You know, bacon can be cooked in a microwave, and it still is edible. But it's not nearly as good as when it's cooked in a pan and you hear the sizzling and, and it takes longer. It, it, it could be both ways and probably one's just as healthy as the other. I don't know. I still think the other one's better. But we're all looking for that shortcut, that what, way around it, trying to get where we need to go. But sometimes we just need to follow through the steps of what we need to do. The power of repetition This morning, we're talking about the power of repetition. 
So it's a new year, and it's a new season, but the new year won't find success without new repetitions. In other words, if we don't do something different this year in 2019 than we did in 2018 or 2017, or you can keep going back, the next year and this year will not look any different. We have to do something different. We have to make some kind of a change, some kind of an adjustment in what we're doing. Someone that's working out, and this is the time that all the gyms get full because everyone's going to go back and lose the extra weight they put on at New Year's, and, and that's good, and that's wonderful. And, and there's great power in that repetition. But you see, even in the gym, there's reps. There's repetitions. You're doing so many sets of, I'm doing this pull-up with this dumbbell, and I'm doing one, two, three. I'm doing these repetitions. But it's something different than what I did last month. I'm adding new repetition. There's power in correct repetitions. See, Naaman wanted something that was going to be easy or extravagant. He wanted the, 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 the man of God just come wave his hand over him and just tell him this and, you know, do this. And he had it in his own mind. Or if he had told him something crazy hard to do, he would have used all of his might and his, his command of everything. But when the man of God, when the solution was something simple, threw him off. See, sometimes the change that you're looking for, the change that I'm looking for in life, doesn't come from something that's just easy or extravagant, but it does come from something simple. True change comes from repetitions. You've, you've heard the, the story in the, in, the, in the analogy that you can have a change of habit by doing 21 days of something different. Huh, isn't that interesting? 21 days. Where have I heard that before? But we all have repetitions, things that we repeat. Most of us go to the same grocery store every time. There could be a hundred grocery stores around, especially in Dallas. You could go to any of them, but we end up going to the same one over and over again. And you know the same people, you know the checkers. And, and many people have been going there for many, many years. We'll go to the same gas station. There could be one on each corner, but we pick this one, and that's the one we always go to. Or if you're like me, you go to a restaurant and you order the same thing every time. See, we have repetitions in our life. I'm not talking about something that's new or different even, or just try and do something different to start doing repetitions. We are already doing repetitions. The person who's eating three Krispy Kreme donuts every day, they're doing a repetition. It's just not being really healthy for you. But my second point is we're all going to fail. We're all going to fall. We're going to have times that we're going to miss it. And as much as we want this thing to be exactly like what we think it should be, we're still going to have these preconceived ideas like Naaman of this is how it should be. And when it didn't go Naaman's way, he got angry. Do you ever get angry? I know I do. I know that I fall, I mess up. And as Lenore and I have been married for 25 years, 26 years ago, I, I asked her to be my um, wife. I got down on New Year's Eve and on 26 years ago and got down on one knee and I said, wilt thou marry me? And she wilted. 
And, and, and I said exactly like that so I could say this story forever and say those words. So that's one of those things that you, I hope you never get tired of hearing me say because I'm never going to stop saying them. But in those 26 years, I've made mistakes and I've, I've let her down and, and I've, I've caused her grief and I've caused her things that she needed to walk in forgiveness for me. Of course, she's perfect, but this is things that I've messed up and I've made mistakes and, and, and it's just one of those things. And oftentimes when we have an opportunity to minister, we're on our way to go to someone's house where we know we're going to minister to them. They've asked us to come over. We will get in the biggest fights on the way over there. And and there's a funny story. It wasn't funny at the time, but we had just finished a weekend of ministry, just heavy, intense ministry that we're on location and we were just exhausted and we're going to go to the mall and I think we're going to get some of the food court to eat. And just, we had a couple of things we're going to punch on. We were, we left like an hour late because we were just, you know, at each other and just not, you know, just arguing and just the frustration that I'm sure you don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but there can be times that you're just struggling with this stuff and just frustrated that we're so late now. And we walked up to the door of the mall and as I'm walking up and I'm putting my hand on the door, I see there's someone else coming through. And, and the Texas gentleman that my mama raised me to be, I open the door and pull it back so whoever can walk out instead. Now, I'm mad. I'm frustrated with my wife. And, you know, she's not any better with me. She's like, you know, though she's perfect, she's still mad at me. And as I open that door, my hand out walks a girl that we knew from ministry. And she walked, and I didn't even see who it was before. She, like, fallen into my shoulder, and she's bawling her eyes out. And she said that her baby had just died. I think her baby was three months old and died two days before. And she didn't know how to get in touch with us, and she was trying to find us. And she was praying that God would bring her across our path. We all are going to have those times where we have struggles. And and when we're in ministry, it's even more amplified with that. And and God allowed all those struggles to happen so that we would be there at the right time. But Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, The godly may trip seven times. And, And I don't think it's counting. Okay, that's one, that's two, that's three. Okay, you're done. You can't trip anymore. I think it's giving this superlative of it's not just once or twice. But he goes on to say, but they will get up again. See, the point isn't that we make mistakes. Remember, my second point is we're all going to fall. We're all going to trip. We're all going to have these situations and like, God, I'm so glad that you paid for my sins because I really need that right now. I've made some mistakes. I, I've messed up. And I know some situations now that someone got hurt and they're like, I'm going to get back at them and I'm going to hurt them worse. And it's like, no, don't do that. But we're all going to trip. Get back up. As we start this new year, you say, man, 2018 was just categorized and characterized by giving up. I'm sorry, by failing and falling and just, I made so many mistakes. Get back up. Hey, this is day six and I've already messed up this year and stuff. Get back up. It's not in all the things that you fall, all the times you fail. It's all in the getting back up. I love how it says in the Message Bible, it says, no matter how many times you trip them up, God, loyal people, don't stay down. 
But I love that. The God-loyal people. Man, if, if your face is set on following God and saying, God, I'm not perfect, and, and I still make plenty of mistakes, but I'm trying to follow you. I want to be a God-loyal people. Then no matter how many times they get tripped up, they don't stay down long. So my message to you on day six of 2019 is, get up. Don't stay down long. My third point this morning is divided loyalty. In James chapter one, verse, starting with um, verse two, this is Jesus's half-brother. So he's biological through Mary to Jesus. And, and if anyone knows Jesus and is loyal to Jesus and, and is right there with him and can speak the closest to him, I mean, he didn't just get him at 30 years old like the rest of the disciples. He grew up with him. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. And, and, and this is not my favorite scripture because it says when troubles come. Not if they do or I hope they don't or if you pray enough. Oh, if you go to 21 days of prayer, you won't have any troubles in your life. Quite the contrary. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. We just finished the, the Christmas season where we sing joy to the world and it's a season of joy and, and joy is like on the outside of many buildings. That's what we need to do when troubles come our way. Go, okay, I'm not enjoying this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to receive this with joy. Verse 3, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing or lacking nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. So as we, we're in 21 days of prayer and there's a prayer guide and it's all broken down, it's really easy and that hour goes by quicker than what you think it does. It's not going to be like in the, the mental image you have if you've never done it before. But if you don't know what to pray for, if you don't know what to put on the, the prayer request that we did last year and we're going to finish completing those this week and the next couple of weeks to say, in 2019, I'm believing God for and there's plenty of lines for you to write it down. If you don't know what to ask, ask for wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, it says in another place in the Bible. So if you don't even know what to ask, ask God for wisdom. We all need more wisdom. Ask our generous God, and, and he will give you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Where's your faith? See, Naaman's faith was in the man of God was going to do this thing with his hand, and he's going to, you know, do this, and then this is what's going to happen. His faith was in something other than God. He says, do not waver. For a man with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by wind. The number one thing we see, and it's joked about often in January, the start of a new year, is people will start all of these new programs, all these new resolutions. But they waver. 
They don't see the results when they think that it should be. Or like Naaman, they think it should have happened this other way. But the scripture says, Jesus' half-brother's telling us, don't waver. Because if you do, you have divided loyalty. You're not fully trusting in God to take care of this situation. The next verse says, such people should not expect to receive anything from God. And that's not that God's going to just write you off and, okay, you've done too much. And No, no, it's your faith that brings you to God. And if you have faith in here and you have faith in here, then you're not going to get anything because God needs you to have your faith completely locked in to what he's doing. Verse 8 says, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in all they do. Divided loyalties. Where's your loyalty to as we start this year? Is it to God? Or is it to what we know in the world? I I started asking people this week, and I believe that many of you are watching this as a result of that, whether it's live or whether it's after the fact. And I had many people this week again tell me how they're watching us on Facebook Live and all this stuff. And it's so awesome to see this sphere of influence. But there's 52 weeks in every year, as you know, there's 52 Sundays. So I'm issuing a 52-week challenge. I'm asking everyone, can you give 52 weeks to God? Now, I'm not asking you to be in church every single t- week, every Sunday of the 52 weeks. I, I would love that. I'm going to be there, but you don't, I'm not asking everybody to do that. But I'm asking you to either A, be here in person, or B, watch the service or listen to the podcast. But a, a side note of that, I'm challenging everybody once a month to at least make it physically in the building with us. Then, of course, the 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. And, and, and purpose something that you're going to fast. It doesn't have to be food. It can be social media. It can be coffee. It can be soda. It can be whatever it is that it, it, you feel is what you want to give as a sacrifice. It needs to cost you something. That's the point, is to let something be vacuumed out of you, to recognize, oh, uh, uh, for me, it's sweet tea. I had my last one last night for 21 days, and I'm looking at it going, I'm going to miss you. It's going to cost me something. Of course, the one-year Bible, we made it so easy. Will you bow your heads? The best way that you can start this new year, the best way you can start this new season is to start a relationship or renew a relationship with God, to accept God's Son, Jesus. It's just that simple. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's for another time. Maybe you don't even know how many times you've come back. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you've walked away from God. You've fallen down. Get back up. Today is your day. And as you're listening to me, you start feeling your your chest is beating faster and you feel that thing going on. That's Jesus fighting you. He's always standing there with his hand outstretched to help you up. What will you decide? If that's you,
that's you today, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. Remember, simple is good. Say this, say, God in heaven, today I accept your son Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today's my day. I may not understand everything, but this year I commit to be different. I ask you to forgive me, and I come just as I am. I choose to follow you the best way I know how. I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today I give you my life. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer with me whether they've fallen down and they're getting back up and, and they're dusting the, 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 their knees to get all the dust off, whether it's the first time. Lord, I know that many of us don't understand everything and there's some things in the Bible that we even read and it's like, I, I don't understand it, I don't get it. But God, I don't have to understand it all to completely walk in that direction. I don't have to understand how my car works to drive. From the cloud you speak for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray.